This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Wes Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle Damasaurus, Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Dave, Jonathan, Mandy, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us, please do so in the Facebook group and or Discord servers where we hang out daily. What scares me is what we learned about Mikey on the bonus episode and his ability to pick out teeth out of a lineup. Oh, my God. I, I feel like you missed your calling as an archaeologist because you would just be in some sort of grave brushing like dust off of teeth and be like, oh, my God, it's King Tut. Like we, you would just instantly know. Or medical examiner because you could just like plonk some dental records up there and be like. It's Casey Anthony. It's Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Andrea, I was like, we tested me on how many torsos I could identify and Mikey on how many teeth. And she was like, how did you do? I was like, maybe 60 to 70%. I was kind of disappointed. And she was like, how did Mikey do? And I was like, like 90%. The only one he didn't get was Amanda Knox. He correctly identified Casey Anthony and Elizabeth Holmes. And she was like, I'm worried. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week for No Fucks November, Mikey chose Escaping Room. (laughs) I like how we all said it wrong, except for Mikey, who nailed it. Mikey, (laughs) this was your first time seeing it, question mark? I'm not sure if it was or not. True. It was. Okay, cool. So what did you think the first time you saw it, Mikey? Okay, so I picked it because I was like, this hasn't really fit in any themes. And I was like... I'm oddly curious about this franchise because the sequel just came out. And yeah. I was like, it got a sequel? Yeah. It's about escape games? And then I kind of liked it. I liked it a lot more than the Saw sequels. Okay, that's fair. It does have a Saw vibe, but like five really quick Saw movies, you know? Like- yeah, <laughs> which I think probably works better. Yeah, because they're going room to room. I sort of like the vibe of it. I thought the rooms were cool. Like, I think the rooms were the real stars here. Oh, yeah. the rooms were much better actors than the actors were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my one problem with it. Well, I, here's what I'll say. I liked it much better than I thought I would. I think the premise is super interesting. It does remind me of Saw a little bit. Sure, yeah. It's Saw and Squid Games put together. <laughs> yes, it's Saw and Squid Games put together. I do prefer it to the Saw sequels because the original Saw is the best one, clearly. Yeah, but like, absolutely, Paige. We're on the same page. Uh, but I do prefer it to the Saw sequels. I think it's it's better done than that. I think it's kind of trying to set itself up as a franchise like that. Which is weird. But I do love that the sequel's name is Escape Room colon Tournament of Champions. Yeah, well, that makes me think it's going to be multiple people who have escaped, which is pretty interesting. Or at least the two of them. My my frustration comes with kind of what Todd mentioned, where this has some writing problems, not from a story standpoint, but from a dialogue standpoint. The dialogue is very stiff. And I don't know if it's the script or the actors. It could have been one or the other. But because it seemed stiff across the board for everybody, I kind of assumed it was probably the script. And as I kind of sat through it, I just kept thinking, this is pretty damn good for what it is. Imagine if somebody threw actual money and like famous actors at it. Yeah. And like one more pass on the script. It'd be really good. (laughs) Like, I think they got real close. But I mean, apparently this movie is huge. Like I was like, there's a sequel. And then Todd was like, this this movie made a shit ton of money. Yeah. We'll talk about that box office. I was blown away when I looked that up. I do feel like the two famous actors, like the Dale and uh, Jessica from 
True Blood yeah. are the only decent line readers, and then yes. like line readers. Do you mean actors, Mikey? No, um, but but within the movie, as actors, they are giving the most natural delivery. Yes, is what yeah, you yeah, mean. The, yeah. the escape Agreed. room dork, and I think the main girl did a decent job too. Me too. I don't know. I her. thought she was fine. She did. They gave her mouthfuls to say. Oh my god, yes. I think I was just like. <sighs> I think, but I think like the antagonistic person and the dork and like the like loser guy. I think they brought down the whole film, and I don't, I don't mean it like, <laughs> I don't know if it was the dialogue that was written for them or whatever, but like I think it's what's written for them. I'm just laughing because you don't know their names, so you're referring to them as like their archetype, and you're nailing it, and I love everything yep. about that. <laughs> That's so funny to me. But they, like you, you can't, you can't have like two decently written people and then like five terrible written people. Well, he, no. Here's the thing: their characters are really interesting and are well written. That's the difficult part. Is that? Oh yeah, their backstories are good. They do an amazing job. It's just the lines and <laughs> yeah. There's no nuance to the lines. Like when they, when the loser guy confronts the antagonist guy, he's like, "Wait a minute, you like." probably just murdered him and then he's like yes. no i didn't i'm really angry and i was like you choose survival yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, like survival I, is a choice let's do said. some dmt about it i mean that room was the star of that scene though i was like this room's real cool it is cool yeah well and i liked that he had to look into the mirror to get the anecdote which is like if you do hallucinogens that's a thing you don't want to look in a mirror it can be very very frightening so you would have had to conquer your fear to do I it. do like that they killed off my least favorite character first. Yeah. The, uh, the escape room dork guy is like, oh, they're not going to kill us. There's a really cool shot when we get to that part. I'll talk oh, yeah. about it. But yeah, no, that's that's what makes me think that it is a writing issue because even the people who are doing well still have crazy lines. Yeah. yeah. And the, the main girl especially because they're having her spout like quantum physics that we're never going to remember. Like, like yeah. when she brings up that thing at the end, I was like, Oh, good thing I was taking notes because fuck me. <laughs> like I would have never remembered that shit. Also like particle physics is not behavioral studies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get her like overall goal, but like, yes, I also get yeah. her realization, but we don't need her using like, insane particle physics jargon yeah like if i'm in an escape room being murdered and she's like electrons act different under the microscope i'd be like she's gone yeah she is not helping Leave us anymore <laughs> yeah she could have just said a watch pot never boils calling back to the conversation she had in class or really just the professor talking about in class and i would yeah. have got it as a viewer like i don't need her talking in gibberish more or less right. i realize it's not gibberish right. but to a stupid person like me it's gibberish to an average audience member it is too when we Talk about it in joke writing. We call it inside baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you can't make a joke that specific unless your target is that specific. Yeah. So if I'm trying to hit a wide audience, I have to dumb things down a little bit, at least a little bit. And it doesn't hurt the story to do that. If she wanted to effectively communicate to the group, she would have had to dumb it down anyway. Yeah. So, Paige, was this your first time seeing it? This was my first time seeing it. Yeah. And Oh, we were all virgins then. Nice. Yeah, we were all virgins. I think the premise is really interesting. I I liked the idea that they were lone survivors and that's why they were chosen. And I figured that out super early in the film. <laughs> Yeah, but I also like that that was just this group. Like, they, they pick a theme for each See, group. See, I didn't like that, because the other themes sounded stupid as shit. <laughs> well, they're not all winners for people who are for watching sure. entertainment. Because they're like, what if we only got really skinny, tall people in an escape room? I'd be like, yeah, let's all watch that. 
Well, here's here's why like I like Bachelor Paradise. Here's why I liked Lone Survivors more than anything. Because essentially it gives the escape room two layers. One, they are trying to survive again. And these are people who have demonstrated a will to survive stronger than what we would assume most people's is. But then on top of that, each of the rooms relates to their specific trauma. Yeah. So it's as if they're having to not only survive this escape room, they're re- traumatized and reprocessing their trauma as they go so it's an added layer of difficulty so i thought that was super interesting and then at the end when they were like yeah one time we did college athletes and i was just like where's the fun in that well i mean <laughs> like, they did move on from that and do better yeah, I, I think they, they learned i think they, they, they learned they from did. Them. i, I yeah. like them doing different ones <laughs> they're like this one's just blondes <laughs> like i feel like you wouldn't be able to top lone survivors for me Personally, I think that's the most interesting group. Oh, yeah. Paige, that would be the most fun. That's like celebrity big brother. But I yes. mean, like, I would also watch the spinoff, which is like, these are only left-handed people in the escape room. Let's see. What <laughs> okay, happens. no, that one's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, if I was a mega rich sociopath, I would be down for a bunch of different themes. I'd be like, yeah, just all far-sighted people, but nobody gets glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to check out next season when they do the legit just cast of the, the 2013 movie Lone Survivor. So it's Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Taylor Kucinich, Emile Hirsch, Ben Foster. Who Emile Hirsch? The other like, guy, Eric Bana. Like that's the, game, the other guy. The games master. Ooh, Eric compl- Bana. Yeah. The games master complaining about the Squid Games esque rich people complaining about the games. I would be that risk per- that rich person complaining about the game. I'll be like, this is not enough variety. Like I want to do. <laughs> Like, like, what if we get one from every developmental stage of life, from like baby to toddler to teenager to old? I mean, person. I think we can predict who's going to win that one. Yeah, but. baby all day. <laughs> <laughs> toddler Hunger Games up in this bitch. The games master would be like, "How pages look at me right now? Like that? You're an idiot." I'd be like, "I'm paying millions of dollars." <laughs> I like that you think it's only millions. Okay, what would your best theme be? People who say they're allergic to gluten, but they're really not. They're just like, whatever. Yeah, that's definitely who I'd like oh, to see. Oh, but I got, every I got, room I got, is I got. made of bread? Yeah, they have to eat their way to freedom, and it's really the first who breaks. There's like one person who actually has oh, celiacs. Man. Mine would be seven people who are like in the top level of a multi-layered marketing scheme. Yeah. But different ones, so they don't yes. know each other. They all show up in pink Cadillacs. there's so many good themes i'm glad you guys are coming on board now of my mega rich death games yeah mikey i love the absurdity of this i was on board for it it wasn't even really that scary there were some like super tense moments that got me but it wasn't scary it wasn't really that scary so i was able to watch it and i enjoyed some of it there were some rooms where i was like fuck just get me out of this room i hate this room so much but that was really just like the pool cue room because the height, I mean, heights fucked me up. That one, that one was the worst. Yeah, heights messed me up. I'm thinking we need one with multiple couples, couples, air quotes, like friends where one of them is romantically interested in the other one and the other one is not. Oh my and then God, we have to see so who's going to save who. Yes. Okay, I got one. I want five couples okay. that use the word babe at least 30 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> babe, would you hand me that? <laughs> babe, find so the, the key. So the whole thing is like, all you hear is 20 people being like, babe, 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 <laughs> Then you can take bets on how many times the word babe is said oh my God. in the escape We're game. making money on money right now, Mikey. Okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Six people. Three 
C-suite level executives uh, and then three of their entry-level employees. Yes. Undercover boss edition. Undercover <laughs> boss edition. Who wants it more? Take it to the ropes. <laughs> yeah, I love everything about this. I just want the I want the cast of the original real world. Oh. I want the cast of the real world from She's All That. Oh yes. <laughs> I want the cast of She's All That. I mean there's so many good ones. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star season three. That cast. <laughs> Who lives, who dies. Who dies. Man, being rich sounds so fun. (laughs) (laughs) The original cast of The Real World was Real World New York. It aired in 1992, and all of them are around 55 years old right now. Hell yes. So they can kill Puck on camera, finally. I want the the original cast of Flavor of Love. I want New York versus Pumpkin. Oh my God. Let's do it. Page or the Kardashians. Who is the strongest Kardashian? <laughs> we all know it's Courtney. Yeah, I was gonna say it's definitely Courtney Page. Seven celebrity athletes that are now bankrupt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so many good ones. Oh, just seven gigolos. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch that anyway. And then the next season, seven juggalos. <laughs> oh, I would watch seven what about juggalos versus juggalos. Ah! Oh, Come my God. on, Mikey. Three juggalos, three, three gigolos. Cage match. <laughs> Who's going to take it? Uh, my money's on the juggalos. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. Juggalos have vanity oh. muscles. It is all about the juggalos. This needs to be a franchise. Like, there could be so many escape room movies. I'm so down for all of this. And like one escape room is just the Juggalo Festival. Wait a second. Fast and Furious cast versus (laughs) the mechanics that actually have to work on their cars. (laughs) (laughs) And they get to keep all their tools. One of the rooms is just like a family dinner. (laughs) You're here because you're my family. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Should we get into this movie or should we just workshop ideas for this show the entire episode? I kind of just want to workshop ideas for like an hour and a half. But yeah, we got to get into this movie. I mean, I honestly think you take the highest paid podcasters oh, okay. and make them do it. Versus their fans. Yeah. It'll just be Joe Rogan, Mark Maron, and then Georgia and Karen from My Favorite Murder. Whose fans are going to be the worst? <sighs> Definitely the My Favorite Murder fans. But I really just want to hear them like narrating what's going on while they're doing it like they're on a podcast. That to me would be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Yeah. Oh, there's just so many good ones. What a movie. What a concept. <laughs> Oh my god. Former child stars versus their parents. It's like Macaulay Culkin, Dakota Fanning. Fanning versus Kirk Cameron and his like former child stars who are now Christian child stars versus former child stars who have been to rehab. That's what I want. This is less famous, but like just uh-huh. seven people who speak seven different languages. Oh, yes. <laughs> no one can communicate. Yes, Mikey, that would be amazing. <laughs> see Paige you could do way more than Soul Survivors <laughs> oh my god I know I know I still re- I really like the Soul Survivor one oh, I think I it's amazing I, but so, but okay serious I loved all their backstories and how, some of the rooms with their trauma and stuff loved all that just didn't like the dialogue was the most the thing that bothered me the most but I actually really liked the movie which is surprising and it looked good like it was like a big, big budget movie yeah we'll talk about that when we get to box office but yeah it did look good I liked it but let's get into it so we can talk about it as we're yeah, going yeah. through it yeah so this movie wastes absolutely no time. Which I love. Love it. <laughs> this movie, zero to 60 immediately because we open on a fancy sitting room and we watch as a man falls through the ceiling 
And we watch him solve multiple puzzles in the room where he's trying to find four numbers. He finds them on books, you know, like using clues. One of the clues is follow the light to greener pastures. He finds a green book. And the book has a, a, a section about watching people die is illuminating. And he finds like a clock and essentially comes up with four numbers, four, eight, six, two, to try and open a maze. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't open. Now, what I do think is really funny is as he's organizing the numbers, he's like, four eight six 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 two and i was like "Ooh, <laughs> sneakies yeah um he wants it to open it won't the walls start to close in on him and we believe at the end of the scene that he has been crushed to death that is what it kind of looks like yeah it just doesn't show it so we don't know for sure right, right. and we, we don't, don't sure. know until a little bit later that that is a flash forward right and i didn't even know that was the same guy until we get back to that scene later on really I wasn't paying that much attention. Fair enough. <laughs> I just was like, oh, this is the throwaway scene that shows the people get killed on the, the game before. So I was like, blah, blah, blah. And that sort of stuff does happen in movies like this. But yeah, and this one, it is, I think his name was like Ben. ben. Or, yeah, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, loser. Loser guy. Yeah. Benny in this pod. Okay, so we cut to three days earlier. Uh, and we are in a college classroom where we're kind of watching a young girl. We will learn that this is Zoe. And she is in a lecture about quantum zeno effect, which is essentially a watch pot never boils. So a system yeah. can't change while it's being observed. She clearly knows the answer, but doesn't raise her hand. She does sort of, though. Like, she raises it up a little bit. She's like, mm, And they linger maybe. on it. And then she puts her hand back down. I was like, what? It, just don't <laughs> raise your hand. Why do that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but so the class ends, she walks down to leave and her professor kind of heads her off of the pass and is like, hey, I know you knew the answer because I read your report on this. Life isn't a science experiment. You need to get out more. And I want you to do one thing that scares you over the holiday break. This is what I would call grooming behavior. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Especially, they kind of play with that later when she's talking to her roommate and her roommate's like, you fucking him? And she's just like, oh, no. And I was like, they are. Mm. <laughs> there is an alternate ending with him. I'll talk about it in fun facts. Oh, I almost rented the, the, the version with the alternate beginning and ending. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was an option. They're like 24 extra minutes. I was like, that's so many minutes. Extra. <laughs> so it's an extra story. It's an extra storyline. That kind of reveals a little bit of, of how the company found them, which I like. I think I would have liked that. I don't know that storyline, but it sounds interesting. Uh, I, yeah. So this movie, I think, really is what I wanted from Haunt, if that makes sense. Yes. yes. It's got kind of a similar vibe, but there's a lot more fleshing out. And that extra 24 minutes is the one piece I was missing. And so when I read it in Fun Facts, I was like, yeah. So I'll talk about it in fun facts. Awesome. Can't wait. I'll, I will wait. Anyway, so she leaves. We cut to Jason, who is a stockbroker and who's kind of a dick about it. And he's a dick this whole movie, though. Yeah. He's a dick about everything. Yeah. He's definitely the kind of guy that has killed his best friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or his jacket. Yep. So what I'm saying is he's a Mikey. I don't need a jacket. Yeah, Todd's the one who needs jackets. If we're going to yeah. suspect anyone yeah, if here, I, if someone's it's the kill guy someone with the layers. extra jackets. Yeah. Mr. Layers, how many friends you kill? I don't know what you're talking about, but I do have a jacket on right now. You're like a Batman <laughs> villain. I wear one layer for each person that I killed. I just walk around like Joey from Friends, like when he's wearing <laughs> yeah, all the Yeah, yeah you're just clothes. like Cruella Dudeville. <laughs> <laughs> Except instead of puppies, it's friends. 
coats. Instead of puppies, <laughs> it's people. Tom's <laughs> coats are people. <laughs> Sorry, that was probably way too loud into the microphone. That's <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, so he seems to be very successful and he gets calls from his clients that basically say like, oh, you did great. I'm sending you a gift, private jet to Tahiti, et cetera, et cetera. And we cut over to Karate Kid because he had basically told his assistant to watch Karate Kid because he's like the Mr. Miyagi of trading. And I was just like, okay, like that checks out. That's something a douchebag would do. Yeah. Also watch Karate Kid because it's a great movie. Karate Kid is a great movie. Yeah. It's about an old man teaching a high school kid how to beat the shit out of other high school kids. Love it. No problems. No rewrites. Yeah. (laughs) Holds up completely. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so we cut to Karate Kid playing on like a closed circuit TV in the back of a grocery store where Ben, the guy who we saw from the first scene, is basically doing inventory in stock. Yeah. He's literally putting prices on like beans, like cans of beans. Or some shit. Yeah. I used to have to price stuff at Sir Latab when it would go on clearance. We had a price gun like that, and yeah. it is monotonous. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the worst. You're just like, until your brain explodes. So he finds out that there's a job open in the front of the store. He talks to his boss about it, and his boss is like, it's not for you. And he's just like, And we find out, because his boss kind of remarks on it, that he has a bit of an alcohol problem. Well, I also feel like the community doesn't want to see him in the front of the store, if that makes sense. Which we don't really know as to why, but we do find out later why. I just thought he's not a good looking fella. He's not a bad looking fella. I mean, you could do way worse. You could. Mikey, I have met a lot of women that did way worse, and I'm grateful for it. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Six oscar winning actors yes one tommy wiseau <laughs> i put my money on tommy all day Me too. yeah <laughs> all day you think jeffrey He's got rush the drive. is gonna stop tommy wiseau from doing anything maybe jeffrey rush could do it he's squirrely the, the, the possibilities are endless really six time travelers <laughs> yes one person has to warn everybody about hitler <laughs> <laughs> Seven Renaissance Fair actors. Just that. Nothing else. Yeah. Just just Ren Fair people. No, see, here's what I want. I want people who cosplay from ever like multiple different parts of history. Yes. But then each room is a different part of history. So some of them have the knowledge they need, but you better hope that they didn't die before they get there. Yes, yes. And I want it to look like each room looks like they're getting out of the phone booth from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> yes. That's like the doorway. That or like the TARDIS. Well, like they gets out and it's like Napoleon and George Washington and, and like Socrates. Cleopatra. Yeah, yeah, Socrates. Oh, he's perfect. Three plague rats versus the continent of Europe. Oh my God, yes. You could do topical ones like three people who thought the dress was black and blue and three people who thought it was white and gold. <laughs> and then three people who thought it was Yanny and not Laurel. <laughs> what about six YouTube celebrities and Rick Astley? Oh, because he's never going to give them up. He's going to let them die. One highly respected doctor and five anti-vaxxers. Oh. And not just anti-vaxxers, like just anti-medicine people in general. Yeah, people who do their own research. <laughs> Anywho, so Ben has a bit of an alcohol problem. He can't, they don't really want him in the front of the store. And he's clearly upset. Like he's not doing great. He's coded as depressed. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Things are not great for him. And we know that he lives with his mom and he's trying to save up to move out. Yeah, that's uh, that's literally the reason he was asking his boss for that job out front, because it paid more. 
Right. So we cut to Jason's office where a messenger drops off a box for him and it has a puzzle box in it. And he's like, oh, it must be from Mr. Ackerman. And I'm like, or Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> no, this movie isn't terrible. So it's from the uh, escape room people. It's from Cinnabon. Inviting you to take place at the new grand opening of Cinnabon. <laughs> the Cinnabon? Pleasure and pain. Folds of dough and cinnamon and icing. <laughs> I cannot wait to do Hellraiser 2. I can't wait till we do Hellraiser 8. Google <laughs> Cinnamon whipped. cinnamon wet yeah (laughs) for all have cinnamon and fall short of the icing of god like ye who have not cinnamoned (laughs) cast the first cinnabite (laughs) (laughs) yet thee who is without cinnabon cast the first icing yeah you know we really haven't done a lot of sequels we legit did a sequel month, Mikey. We've done sequel we've months done multiple two. times. We're but due like, for another one. We yeah, we have not done a ton of like so we've like, done there are eight sequel month and then a sequel to sequel month. And you just said we haven't done many sequels. We haven't. Yeah. That's eight episodes out of a good number like of Like 180, episodes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I want to do is immediately watch Escape Room. Tournament of Champions. <laughs> no. Well, if you win the coin toss, you can make us watch it because it's no fucks November. <laughs> if you do that, then I am gonna make. I am gonna find a way to force us to watch Wicker Man, and it'll be a double escape room, double Wicker Man month. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking dumb. <laughs> No more rules. That's what we're doing. I I came up with an idea after watching this today. I had a good idea for the coin toss, and maybe I'll just throw it away. Who knows? Anyway, so he gets the puzzle box, pleasure and pain, yada yada, you get it. So we cut to the dorm room. You remember the Hellraiser joke that started this bit? (laughs) Pleasure, pain, rip your skin off, you know, kill people to regenerate so you can fuck your brother's girlfriend or whatever the first one was. Anyway, so we cut to the dorm room where the girl from the quantum physics class is basically telling her roommate she's cool staying home for Thanksgiving. And her roommate's like... You could come home to my family. And she's just like, no, thanks. Which I thought was super nice knowing what we eventually find out about the main girl. Right. Like her family. Well, at least her mom is dead. I don't know what's going on with her dad, but, you know, it's clear she's alone. I assumed she was an orphan. Yeah. I thought it was really nice of her roommate to invite her. And it doesn't seem like she's like, please say no, please say no, please say no. It seems like she genuinely wants her to come. Yeah, she's super cool. She's fucking her professor. Like you want to like get the tea. (laughs) Honestly, though, I'd want that tea. Right, exactly. I'm curious. Tell me everything. So she leaves and we cut to what is essentially like a PTSD flashback where the mirror is shaking. She looks in the mirror and she sees the inside of like an airplane bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool effect. That was a really cool effect. And that yeah. was a great way to like literally with just that shot, my mind filled in the blanks. Yep. Where I yeah. was like, she was in a plane crash. Everyone died. She survived somehow. Yeah. We cut to her roommate waking her up. So she at some point fell asleep or something and was having a nightmare. And the roommate gives her a box and she says, this is for you from your professor. And then she says, you aren't doing it, are you? And this is where she goes, <laughs> no. Which and you're is just a like, definite yes. And that's why her roommate just says, have fun playing with your box and then leaves. Yep. Like She knows what's nice. up. That's a good pun. So <laughs> she starts fiddling with her box. 
Yes. Um, Just really going at it. But we also get the other two guys that we've met already going after their box. But they're not familiar with the box. So they're having to really like study it and like learn where things are at. I do like that we get two very different techniques from these men on how to handle a box. One guy is like really sort of delicate with it, trying to figure out how to make it it. work. Yeah. He's like reading up on it, watching YouTube videos on it, unboxing. And the other guy's just smashing it with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> He's just giving it the goods. That's what yeah. I would do if I got invited to this puzzle game. Non-sexual jokes aside here. Like, <laughs> I would have been like, this is hard. If there's something in it, I'm just going to be like, boom, boom, break it over. Be like, You'd be like, pleasure and pain. I choose pain. <laughs> <laughs> You're a super big puzzle master. You're invited to come to this escape room. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> You're like, I think I'm more of a sledge master, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey so- Gallagher's his way into this escape room. <laughs> I'm just glad none of these people had social anxiety because I would not want to do an escape room with six strangers. Yeah, I've done many escape rooms, but never with strangers. Yeah, I've always done them with friends, which I've, I, I enjoy them. They're fun. It, it yeah. honestly it fully depends on the people you are with as to whether or not people are going to like work together well mm-hmm. or not. Anyway, so they all managed to get it open and it has a card inside that basically tells them that they have an entry voucher for Minos Escape Rooms, which is basically the premier immersive escape room, and they can win $10,000 if they beat it. So we cut to a giant empty office building down by the docks. Ben is there, who's the guy from the grocery store. And then Jessica from True Blood shows up, and I'm just like, what up, Jess? But she's not a vampire in this, so. It's funny that you guys call her Jessica from True Blood because I recognize her from... Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil. She was in Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah. I have only watched through Daredevil once, and admittedly, I have watched through True Blood quite a bit more than that. Yeah. She plays... Well, it's like that whole, like, Marvel expanded TV universe. She was in Daredevil and Punisher. Alexander Skarsgård was not shirtless in either of those projects. Properties. Also, both of those properties, both the Daredevil and the Punisher, not very good. Oh, Daredevil is great. Both of them were very good. I'm just so bored by superhero stuff because it's all so no stakes to me. Yeah. I mean, I like mine medium rare. Oof. I had a medium rare steak when I was on vacation, Mikey. It was so good. A little blue cheese on the top. Yes. Mm. Texas Day Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> they closed the Texas Day Brazil here page. I can't talk Mikey about it. Mikey has not it's, recovered. It's almost as bad as The Last Jedi. At least The Last Jedi had Oscar Isaac in it. It's true. Okay, anyway, next, next. I'm sorry. Sorry, editing Todd. We, we've gone on a tangent. It's fine. Anyway. I think I started this one. It's my fault. You did. Yeah. Uh, so Jessica from True Blood shows up. Now, okay, here's, sorry. I know we just ended the tangent. Once you get to her <laughs> in True Blood, because she's on True Blood for like six years. That's why we remember her as Jessica from True Blood, because she's fucking rad in the later seasons. Fair enough. So- Jessica from True Blood shows up, and what I think is really interesting is as they walk into the escape room building, he just says, it's going to kill me, I know, and he's referring to smoking, but he doesn't say it, and so for a part of me, I'm like, the escape room's going to kill it. Uh, So she goes to check in, she hands him her ID, she has to give up her phone, and they put a name tag on her. And then they thank her for her service, which to me was the first indication that like they know a lot more about you than they think than you think they do. Yeah. The way he yeah. puts yeah. it on her, like he like the guy who's standing there doing the name tags puts it on her chest. And she's like, I mean, normally people buy me dinner first. Yeah. I thought that was like very presumptive of him to put it on her. 
I would never do that. I, I mean, I won't even put a mic on a woman when I'm shooting video with them. I'm like here and I hand them like the lapel mic and I'm like, put it there. And I point it where I want it. Yeah. I, I, every time I've been mic'd, the sound guy has handed me the mic and directed yep. me on where to put it. Yep. yep. I always point and say, where do you want it? Nowhere near me. Cause I, I, I don't want to make more of these. <laughs> like, do you want to get mic'd? No. 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 Mikey's not a sound guy, but he can mic you for sure. Not a sound guy, but I'm like a sound guy. You know what I'm saying? Call my dick the boom. Oh. (laughs) I'm the boom, Mike. (laughs) I'm Mike. This is the boom. (laughs) I got to hold it near your head, but just out of frame. I have a boom mic right there, like right behind me. Okay, don't show us your dick. Stop. This will go down in history as the time Todd showed us his dick. It's it. It's this episode. Escape room. I honestly thought I'd get a bigger reaction. I thought we'd get a bigger dick. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, if you thought it'd be bigger, you have not been paying attention when I've been talking about it recently. I'm still mad that neither of you answered my DM. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't pay attention. You're a married woman. (laughs) Do you ever, like, when you ask to see Jake's, do you, like, I want to see Jake the Snake. Do I have to ask? <laughs> Paige, please don't answer that. Paige, answer it. Be like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I want to see Jake the Snake. That's weird. <laughs> I, I also, I'm a little concerned with how you think conversations around sex go down. Is this not the... how other people talk? No. no. <laughs> Mikey, no. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to mind to a man, Randy Savage you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do you until you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Sergeant Slaughter that P word. <laughs> anyway, she gets upstairs because we're only like two minutes into this movie. Yeah. We've been recording for an hour. For your viewers at home, we had another Star Wars conversation. It was 35 minutes long. We had to edit it out. All right, yeah, keep going. So Jessica goes up into the waiting room. Jessica goes up into the waiting room and she meets some of the other people there. So we meet Danny, who's the kid who's done a ton of escape rooms and snuck in a second phone and he kind of rides the elevator up with her. He is the worst. Worst. I didn't hate him. Well, of course you didn't, Todd, because you're like, <laughs> well, actually, Daddy's podcasting. I was honestly waiting because he was the first one who died. I was waiting for him to be at the end to be like, did you enjoy my game? <laughs> like that he was going to be the game master. That would have be been a very obvious reveal, I think. I think so, too. When it wasn't him, I was like, oh, all right. Uh, so we also meet Jason or we see Jason, who we've already kind of met because he's a stockbroker. And Zoe, who's already there. Uh, and then we meet Mike, who is, I couldn't remember if he was Tucker or Dale from Tucker Dale. and Dale. Okay, cool. He's the Mikey in Tucker and Dale. Yeah. Now he's just the Mike. <laughs> is his name Mike in this movie? Yeah, his name is Mike in the movie. Uh, this is where we find out that Jason, who we've previously met, but we haven't spent a ton of time with, has a huge scar on his hand. Yeah. Uh, and he says it's from a hitchhiking accident, although we will find out something very different later on. He say hitchhiking? He says hitchhiking. Yeah, I, he's making a joke. He's like a super big dick in this scene to everybody, and I hated him immediately. He's a super big dick in every scene. Yeah. I do really like when Danny's like, oh, so you, can you not play video games? And he's like, no, I just have sex with adult women to pass the time instead. Which I thought was <laughs> I mean, a pretty great rebuttal, honestly. That was almost as sick a burn as the oven room. 
<laughs> I mean, that sort of stereotypical joke is so old it can vote. So I was like, oh, really? All right, cool. Whatever. Like, I can see what character you connected to the most, and I am sad for you. I mean, be sad for me, but I certainly didn't connect to the stockbroker rich asshole dick who's being mean to everybody the whole time. Oh, I wanted him to die I don't first. like him. He's an asshole. I just, game respect game. That was a pretty fun burn. <laughs> and he gets somebody else pretty good later, too. And I think I wrote it down. But so uh, they all kind of remark that Zoe looks familiar and they can't place her. We will find out later that she was on the news. Yeah. And that's why they all knew about her. Yeah. Ben enters and as soon as he enters, the door locks behind them. He tries to go out to have another cigarette and the doorknob comes off in his hand. Yeah. And it reveals like an oven dial. Yeah. And they talk for a little bit longer about like who's done what escape rooms, how they got there, who signed them up. Uh, And we eventually get to the point where Danny theorizes that maybe they are already in the escape room that the waiting room is the escape room yeah i guess that that actually happens when ben goes to try and smoke and that's when it comes off in his hand so there's like a lot of exposition in that scene right there when they think they're in the waiting room and then Mm -hmm. you know they talk to the lady behind the plate glass that's all like it's an automated message telling them to sit down that whole thing yeah well and, and it's a while after he takes the handle off before they try the knob it's it's a fair few minutes because I recognized it as an oven dial immediately. Oh, I did not. I didn't until they mentioned it looked like an oven dial. I was like, oh, yeah, it does. Oh, okay, interesting. To be fair, <laughs> it is an old oven dial. Modern oven dials don't really look like this all that much. But basically, this scene just sets the archetypes of these personalities. Yes, which that's is, all yeah, it that is. That guy's the yeah. dick. And that guy's the game nerd. And then... She's like the quiet one, and then there's the loser, and then Jessica is the leader or whatever, like the military leader. Like, yeah, it just sets all that stuff up. Yeah. And then Mike's so, like a bumbling trucker or something. Well, but what they also kind of hint at in this in this portion is that Amanda, who's Jessica from True Blood, doesn't seem to like being contained, and we see that she has scars. We also know that Jason has scars and we know that Zoe has been in some sort of plane crash. So at this point, and we are maybe 10 to 15 minutes into the movie, I had already put together that they are all people who escaped real life traumatic situations. Yeah, I thought it was just trauma. I didn't know it was lone survivors until later, but I thought I was like, oh, they've all experienced the trauma and that's why they're here. Yeah, well, and and also all the magazines on the coffee table were all like fire And she picks up one that's like a newspaper and it looks like it's about a fire. And I was like, they must have all escaped something. Yeah. And each room will be themed to what they escaped. Yeah. Which I like. So as they're walking around the room, Zoe picks up a coffee mug with a plane that says, we know you have a choice. Which, again, comes back to this idea of survival is a choice. Who are you willing to sacrifice for your own survival is what it kind of will come down to. Yeah. And this is also the first place where we hear the doctor's name, Wu Tan Yu, which we will learn later is an anagram. As they go through the books, they find a book that, or they find Fahrenheit 451, which, by the way, is the temperature at which paper burns. Coincidentally, it's also a temperature at which, like, a lot of things burn. Yeah, yeah like almost everything burns <laughs> at, yeah. four, at 451. <laughs> but also, here's what's really interesting. The next book in the stack is The Game, which I thought was really interesting. That's a good movie, man. Yeah. So Zoe takes Fahrenheit 451, which they do find a screwdriver in it. 
and she turns the oven dial to 451, which literally activates a heater in the ceiling. Yeah, it literally turns the room they're in on like an oven and turns it up to 450. Yeah. Yep. And they can't turn it off. They try to ask for a hint, uh, but there's no hint. And we realize that it's a recording. Yeah. Um, But they do find a snow globe with a boat, uh, which seems to give Jason some pause. And that'll come back later for why. Yeah. Uh, But he finds out that there's a lock for the partition. They try to use the fire extinguisher to either knock the lock off or cool the room down they drop it because it's plastic but they do find a key in the extinguisher when they pull the pin on it yeah it's like the pin of the fire extinguisher yeah so they open the partition there's a mannequin inside with a ringing phone they answer it and the phone basically just tells them to obey the the rules posted in the room yeah but it also turns on more heaters and fans. So it's cooking them alive Um, we cut to the water cooler where Jessica is trying to drink to kind of calm herself down. And Zoe sees a posted placard that says, Dr. Wu-Tan Yu says, please use the coasters at all times. This is also where we see Jessica's scars for the first time. Or at least they really, really play up the fact that she was burned, right? Yeah, you actually see them way earlier on when she reads the article about fire and she actually touches them. So you can like really see them. But this, she takes off her jacket so you can see that they're literally across her back. Yeah, because she's hot. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I bet Mikey could pick those teeth out of a lineup. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Well, I will add her to the list uh, for our next tooth challenge. So she runs to the table and presses on one of the coasters. It presses down and opens a door on the wall. But they realize that they have to press down all of the coasters to get the wall open enough for people to climb through. So Jason climbs through and unscrews the gate. Amanda slash Jessica climbs through. And here's what I couldn't figure out, because I was like, why wouldn't this be your first thought to fill glasses? Because you have glasses and water, which is heavy to hold the coasters down. Like the second they were like, it's coasters and they pressed on them. I was like, water, duh. And it takes them like 10 minutes. They already know the water's there because she already had some. Jessica already drank some, right? So like they're coasters. What goes on coasters, you morons? Well, being a big dumb brute, I was like, pick up the couch. The legs will probably fit on the coasters. But here's the problem. (laughs) Because she drank some water, they clearly had exactly how much water they needed. Yeah. Because that's how escape rooms fucking always are. So they end up filling glasses to try and hold coasters. They don't have enough for the last one. So Ben has to pour his entire flask into the glass to get the glass full. But it's enough. They climb through the duct. As they do, the fan with flames above them falls and explodes that room. Yeah. Uh, And there's a fireball through the vent just as they come through, perfectly lighting the fire in the fireplace in the the next room they go into. I really (laughs) liked that, honestly. I thought I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. It it lit the fire in that cabin. Yep. And at this point, Danny still doesn't think it's real, which boggled my mind because I'm just like... It boggled me the whole time. Yeah. I mean, he thinks it's real up until he dies. Yeah, he thinks it's a game literally up until he dies. Absolutely. And you're just like, this is clearly not a game. But... They have no signal. They can't get to the cops. Well, and the only one who has a phone is Danny because he snuck one in. But yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't have any signal. So it doesn't, it doesn't have a yeah. signal. Uh, and they ask him, they're like, when you normally do these, he's like, I don't know. One time one had like five rooms and that was like the hardest room. And they're like, well, OK, so we only have to do this four more times, I guess. Uh, which, by the way, I did one that had like five rooms one time and it was a Cold War bunker. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I did that one like that, cool. too. I don't think it was five. I think it was four. But it was like it was difficult. 
We barely yeah. beat it in time. I did one with my family where we started off handcuffed and chained to a bench. And we had to like figure what? out. All- yeah, it was really cool. That's awesome. There was magnets under the bench that undid the uh, handcuff. It was cool. Nice. Anyway, so they look around the room and they find a key to one lock in the satchel. And then the second lock is a seven letter word. And they're trying to spread out to see what they can find. And they're trying presidential names. But then Ben notices the antlers on the wall and the letters for each antler correspond to a reindeer, which matches a like a little wall hanging that says you'll go down in history like the song Rudolph. Which is why they were trying president's names, because they took a right. stupid, crazy leap from you'll go down in history to president. So I made the same leap because I thought it was Yankee Doodle Dandy and then realized uh-huh. it was Rudolph. So I understood the leap they took. Oh, I knew immediately because you'll go down in history is literally the line from the song. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's Rudolph. Because Rudolph has seven letters. Yeah, the second he looked at the antlers, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Rudolph. I did like the attempt at a throw-off because there are nine antlers with letters. Right. And the letters are there, you know, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, what, that Prancer, whole Vixen, thing, right? Prancer, Vixen, Comic Cupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Donna Blitzen. Anytime I say <laughs> the reindeers, I think of Jingle all the way. Yeah. So we reveal, we have like a little flashback where yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the song he's singing when he gets in his car crash, which is the one clue that I don't know how anyone would have known because he's the yeah. sole survivor. So he would have been the only one who knew it. So unless, unless he, he told, told people. people. Yeah. yeah, he could have told people. Absolutely. He could have. That was what I kind of came down to is I was like, he must have given an interview that said I was singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then we all died. <laughs> like, or... They were like, his radio station was on 104.5, and they were playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer over and over again for Christmas Day, (laughs) which would be terrifying. It would be terrifying. So he goes outside, or they they get it unlocked. They all go outside, and the cabin closes right behind them, and it is snowing, and the temperature is dropping outside. And it appears that the ground is ice, and we don't know if it can actually crack, crack or not. I think this is my favorite room. This is a great room. What was y'all's favorite room? Oh, man. I don't know. I think the DMT room was my favorite. That's cool. But this room is like the holodeck, right? Because it looks like they're outside. Yeah. Which I thought was very, very cool. Well, that's when Danny gets all the way out there and touches the screen and he's like, whoever did this is an artist. Yeah. Well, he like walks into it. Like It's very Truman Show. It is very yeah. Truman Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What I thought was going to happen is because that ice goes through the whole room. I thought that what essentially happens in the next room is what was going to happen in this room uh, where the floor was just going to start caving. Yeah, it doesn't start doing that until they actually open the door to get out and they have to run across it. Yeah. Right. So they find a discarded trunk with one jacket. Now, the jacket, once you find out the significance of the jacket later, I thought it was amazing yeah. that they yeah. had found the one jacket. Because we'll find out that this is the jacket Jason was found wearing when they rescued him when he was a lone survivor. Yeah, because he killed his friend for it. Just think, if you would have done Juggalos and Gigolos, you would have opened the trunk and have been like the, their favorite bottle of Fago. <laughs> and, and just like Fago and like a mesh tank top. <laughs> yeah, we have to pour this Fago on the ice to melt to get the key. The challenge would have been something with magnets. Because yeah, it would have confused them. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, because they magnet fish in this room. Like this is the perfect room for juggalos versus gigolos. Yeah, and then it's just like a tree with like a like a, a hole, and, and like a gigolo's like, I know what I need to do. I gotta fuck this tree. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think that's part of the game. <laughs> Shh. Let me have this one. <laughs> 
So they're not having a ton of success, but they do find what looks like a, a pulley system. So Dale climbs a tree. It turns out to be a fishing rod. So they're spread out. Ben accidentally steps through the ice, but it's basically like a fishing hole. Yeah. Meanwhile, Zoe is reaching inside the mouth of a taxidermied polar bear where she finds a magnet. Yeah, but and I really like this because in the pocket of the jacket, which they're going to share, right? So they give it to her first. Right. In the pocket of that jacket is a compass, which is like yeah. sort right. of drawn to the magnet because, right. you know, they're driven by magnets. Well, and I love they give her a clue on the sled where they... They find the coat yes. and everything that just says true north is a lie. Yeah. And she is a science nerd. And so as she walks around the polar bear, she realizes that because it is drawn to the magnets, that's what's inside the polar bear. So she reaches in to get it. Yeah. And she pulls out like a magnet. Yeah. How do they work? <laughs> and as she's doing that, Mike pulls down that fishing rod. Right. And they're like the fishing rod. They've actually right. already got it over the fishing hole or whatever. And there's nothing, they can't do anything with it. So he pulls it back up. They attach the magnet to it and do it again. And that's when they pull up the ice box. The right? ice block that has a key in the middle. Yeah. So they ask Ben for his lighter. He goes to throw it across the ice. And as Danny goes to get it, he falls through the ice. Yeah. And they can't get to him. They can't break the ice to get to him. And we get probably what I would say is the coolest shot of the movie. Yeah, him drowning. And it's an overhead shot yeah. of them all looking for him. And you just kind of faintly see his hands and face off to the side where they're not looking as the current carries him away. Yeah. It's super interesting. Like, watching it, I was just like, that's so smart. Like, I don't know who decided to film it that way, but it looked very cool. What I wanted was the realization on his face when it was like, oh shit, it's not a game. Like he's like yeah. looking around for divers with like an extra like regulator and mask for him to wear. And he's like, oh, I'm just dead. Fuck. Yeah. And they start to kind of turn on Ben as if it was his fault, but it's not. But his lighter is gone. And so they have to kind of put their hands on the ice, which would take forever. It would take so fucking long. Okay. I need to unpack this because I was like, why are they not just drinking the water and peeing on it? I mean, that would work. That would work. And it would work faster than freezing your hand. Yeah, technically putting your hands on it is the worst way. Like, you should put it in the jacket next to your... I mean, they would have all lost at least a finger. Yeah. Like, trying to, to try unfreeze that thing. Yeah. You could do a stick and do friction. You could have done anything. You could have taken you could a sled have farted and bashed on it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was very disappointed in the team. Yeah. Or I was surprised they didn't try to, like, chip pieces of it off yeah. and crack like, which it. Which would be the, the first thing you would try. Well, and this method would have taken forever. Hours. Yeah. Hours. They would have all died at those yeah. temperatures. Yeah. Anyway, so they're like, who would do this? And Jason says, someone who thought of every detail and looks at the jacket. So we're going to realize that he kind of knows that jacket. We flash back to him sitting on the boat with his friend. His friend's wearing that jacket and is clearly dying. We cut back to present day where Mike is wearing the jacket and has managed to melt the ice against his body enough that the key is loose. Yeah. So Jason grabs it, gets them through the door, or at least puts the key in, and then the door opens across the way. As they run for it, the ice explodes underneath their feet. They enter what looks like a pool hall, but it is an upside down room and it is also an elevator haunted mansion style yeah and there's a phone ringing and whenever they don't pick it up there's a dial tone and then a piece of the floor drops away well i mean it's not that they don't pick it up it's off it's the hook happening. the entire time yeah. because and eventually i actually really did like that though because mike walks over and he's like 
well, how am I supposed to answer that? And then the receiver drops off into his hand. He's like, oh, okay. And then he puts it to his ear and he's like, hello. And that's when you hear like that fax machine sound or like the AOL. early internet. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the AOL dialogue yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, interrupting Petula Clark's downtown, which I don't know why that's the new horror movie song, but it is. I'll tell you why. Why? The Nashville bombing downtown. The guy's RV played that song while it was telling people to evacuate. Wow. I mean, I, I can't imagine that that's the reason. It's not. This movie came out before then. Yeah. But like, I was freaked out hearing the song. I was like, oh, this is not age well for me. Because like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I worked at Sur La Table, uh, we had like a music system that would play like air quotes world music and they would play it in French. So I would hear it two to three times a day in French every day for almost 10 years. And so I know it in French. (laughs) That's terrible. I'm sorry you had to live through that. Yeah, me too. But I got a lot of nice cookware. Anyway, (laughs) so parts of the floor are dropping away. So they're having to kind of climb up. And uh, and it's essentially like musical chairs. It's musical floors. But everyone climbs. They get to the jukebox and realize that it's a puzzle that relates to the balls on the pool table. Yeah. And that gives them upside down numbers. To then put into the safe. Zoe falls unconscious and Jason gets down to save her. But as she does, we get her flashback of what happened to her. Yeah. And she woke up in the crashed plane with everything upside down. So Mm. this room is specifically targeted to her. Yeah. And as she wakes up, she tells him the code's upside down. Amanda manages to get the door open so she gets the eight ball which is the door handle yeah it's like an eight ball but it has that it's like a handle it's not a full eight ball it's like right yeah uh the ball as she's trying to climb across the ball falls she drops down to grab it just as the floor is about to fall she grabs the phone which would never hold her well and it yeah i mean they could have reinforced that cord i guess for like argument's sake or whatever but they try and save her with a pool cue but they right. they can't, and she just like lets go because that would she's be like, it's okay. She yeah. does throw the eight ball to them before she, does. she dies. Yeah, she yeah, does. yeah, yeah. But when she's like American Ninja warrioring around that pool table, I was like, man, that would you'd burn out your arms so fast, you would be so tired. Yeah, I mean, like she's gonna do the salmon ladder and then the doorknob ladder after that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. no, I would have just gone around the edge. That's just how I would have done it. I honestly don't know if that would have been an option because the layout of it. But I mean, that yeah. was probably a better path to take than what she did i mean ultimately she died so i cannot ninja warrior across well at a, at a certain point you had to go that high like in order to get to the safe so she had no option but yeah but to. i would have climbed tried to climb on top of the pool table not hang on i don't well, know well there is no on top of the pool table it's upside down the bottom the bottom of it with the leg like drag onto a leg and pull yourself up yeah but what we're saying is the legs are in the actual ceiling so you couldn't even get up there yeah I have to see the. I have to see it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, she's a badass, man. She American Ninja Warriors around it, and then when everything falls, she eventually falls too, just because she yeah. can't hold on and they can't reach her with the pool cue to save her. So she dies. Zoe's really sad about it. They make it through into the next room, which looks like a field hospital. But what they'll find is that each hospital bed has their information on it for when they were the sole survivor, because yeah. they all ended up in the hospital at one point in time. And it even has Danny and Amanda's as well. And so they find x-rays 
that spell out EKG in sign language. So they're going to try the EKG meter to try and get the right heart rate to get through the door. And in doing so, Jason full on kills Mike. Yeah. Just like no remorse, doesn't care, just full on kills him. Ben tries to save him. And while he's doing it, Jason lowers his heart rate because he's had hypothermia. And so he just kind of gets really still, lowers his heart rate and gets the target low heart rate, which means he would have been the only one to be able to do it. But then while that's happening, Zoe has kind of, at least in her mind, figured out the game where she thinks she knows what's going on. Yeah, I think what she has figured out is if they're watching you and they know what you're doing, there's no way you can get out of the room. Right. Without like putting yourself in mortal danger. So she destroys all the cameras. Right. And in doing so, passes out because that quote unquote poison gas, which I think was probably just carbon dioxide. Like they were just flooding it with carbon dioxide so they couldn't breathe. So it's carbon monoxide. Oh, okay. And the reason it is because Danny is the sole survivor. If he had made it, Danny was the sole survivor of his whole family dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. Ah, okay. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Which they do. Honestly, you just get a shot of the file as they look at it. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and once they get the door open, the gas shuts off, which means that she was only exposed for a short period of time, which would have rendered her unconscious. But she does allegedly live. They reveal how she survived. Yeah. Yeah, She had the Mm -hmm. oxygen mask. Yeah. So it does appear that she died and quote unquote sacrificed herself for them by, you know, trying to kill the cameras and then like, I'm not going to play their game. And I was like, okay, right. she, on to the next one. She's gone. Yeah. And that's sort of what they do. I mean, it, it really is just Jason and Ben left. Right. Well, and she is also the one that like she realizes why they're all there because yeah. she sees all the files and she says, well, we're this we're the sole survivors. We're a statistical anomaly. Like none of us should be alive. Final destination style. Yeah. So she ends up collapsing on the floor. Ben tries to bring her with them, but it's too far. He can't make it. So he and Jason make it into the next room And this is where he's like, you killed Mike. And Jason's like, no, being a fat asshole killed Mike. And he's like, no, 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 no. You defibrillated him to death. Yeah, you literally shocked his heart until it stopped. Yeah. And I think you probably did that to your other friend. Yeah. Basically. He's like, I didn't even have a defibrillator on that boat. You can't pin this shit on me. I love how they like do show the other like reverse shot of that, of him actually killing his friend for the jacket. Yeah. yeah. So was it just him and his friend in the boat accident or whatever? Yes. yes. That's not like a super cool survivor story because it's like only two of them. Now, if it was like a boat going down with like 400 people or like the Titanic. Mikey, one of their survivor story is the only one that didn't die in a carbon monoxide poisoning. So like he was asleep when that happened. Like it wasn't yeah. like a badass survival story. He just slept through it and woke up because he had a little bit more oxygen than everybody else did yep so like they're not all like heroic things they're not bad not all gonna be winners sometimes it's just david s pumpkins <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> part of it <laughs> but i'm just saying she survives a plane crash which is like that's statistically low but like oh our boat's sinking and there's two of us like controversial opinion i think she survived because she was in the bathroom yeah i think that's oh, what they yeah. put up in the movie yeah like they don't explicitly say it but i'm pretty sure that that's why that's how she survived she's like my ibs saved my life <laughs> <laughs> anyway he does admit that he killed his friend yeah and this is where he says surviving is a choice make yours they find a hatch and they go to open it but there's something on the hatch that causes them to hallucinate 
it's implied maybe DMT. But they say it is later. Yeah, but that's not how you ingest it at all. Like, I have never heard of somebody being exposed to it that way. I thought that they injected him with it after he already died. It also wouldn't just kill you. So, like, you wouldn't necessarily need an antidote. It only lasts a few minutes. Actually, I'm actually with you, Paige. I think they put drugs in his system when they dumped the body. Yeah. Because it said, like, four different drugs. I think they gave them some sort of hallucinogenic. I just didn't ask questions. I thought I thought it was like, oh, this is a special drug we made for this room or whatever. So, LSD, you can get some of the hallucin- hallucinogenic effects of LSD through your skin. That's a thing that can happen. So... That's kind of what I thought it was. Regardless, it's some sort of hallucinogen and one that's going to last more than just a few minutes because they search around for that antidote. Yeah. And they find a message on the bottom of the hatch that says, feel free to leave, but we may note it's best to find the antidote. And as they kind of scramble around the room trying to find it, Ben ends up looking in the mirror, which is like rule number one of doing hallucinogens is you don't look in the mirror (laughs) unless you want to really trip out. And as he does, he's kind of banging on the walls and a trapdoor opens and there's a syringe inside. Yeah. And it says inject into a muscle. Only one dose. Yeah. So he and Jason end up fighting for it. He like breaks, Jason like breaks Ben's ankle. Yeah. And then he somehow Dabs Jason? I couldn't quite figure out how he managed to kill Jason. He pushes them and his head hits a corner of a wall. And that's, that's what okay. kills them. Because that room is like an eye nightmare. So It is like very trippy. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to kind of really track what's going on. But so he, he grabs the antidote and injects it. Jason's dead. He climbs down into the hatch and he ends up back to what we saw in the beginning with the fancy room. And we cut back to the triage, the hospital triage room with Zoe. And we essentially watch as a cleanup crew is going to carry the bodies out. She gets up, grabs one of their gun and shoots them. Dude, I loved how she beat the shit out of them with that um, like IV bag stand or whatever. It's pretty great. Meanwhile, we cut back to Ben being crushed to death, but he manages to get a shield and push it into the fireplace so that as the walls push, he ends up in the recess of the fireplace, but not getting burned, which allows the walls to close all the way and then open back up. So as that happens, he runs out and he finds himself in a warehouse full of boxes and computers. It's basically the control room. Yeah. And this is where we meet the Game Master. Now, at this point, I would have loved if the Game Master was Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. What? Why? Because he was a lone survivor of that train crash. Oh. That's how right. Mr. Glass found That's him. Right. No, see, I wouldn't want it to be Bruce Willis. I want it to be Samuel L. Jackson. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. We Looking find for out, the next Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, yeah. So we find out Samuel L. Jackson is the guy who's running everything as Mr. Glass. I right. would like it to be Zac Efron from The Lucky One. i walked all the way here from sheboygan or wherever the fuck he was from (laughs) colorado to louisiana that's what it was to set up this escape room Uh, but the game master basically is like hey most of our money was on jason we're surprised you survived but whatever uh you won something for once and ben is like how dare you this is horrific you're just killing people and he's like yeah well you killed all your friends because you wouldn't pay for a cab but i was just like yikes harsh truths (laughs) (laughs) that's brutal but we also know now that zoe's still alive so we cut back to the game master who's basically explaining that one year it was college athletes yeah one year it was savants and then this time it was lone survivors and we also reveal that he has his lighter that he would have gotten from danny's body that he gives back to him yeah and ben says so i won i get to go home right 
and he hands him the lighter and he says, well, at the end of the Kentucky Derby, do the horses get a prize? Which I thought was a good line. Well, but they do. They get oats. <laughs> they don't get choked out by like piano wire. Like, what are we doing right now? I mean, I don't know. I've not been to the Derby. I don't even know <laughs> if the horses like their prizes. Do the horses even know they're competing? No. No, of course not. But I do know at the end of the Kentucky Derby, the jockey doesn't choke out their horse with a garage <laughs> wire. <laughs> Okay, but what if they did that? Yeah, okay. But like Okay, but what if they were riding juggalos and then half of them were riding gigolos and then you just give the juggalos the piano wire and see what happens. I hate to break it to you, but choked out uh racehorses is where Elmer's glue comes from. Actually, usually they just shoot horses. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like if you break a leg and you're a horse. Oh, and his ankle is broken. That's true. That's yes, true. the horse's leg there is broken. There you go. All That's right. why. You got to gotta put him down. Mercy. Although it's horrible and they shouldn't do that. I mean, they shouldn't race horses anyway, but yeah. <laughs> I like in this metaphor, you're like, it was horrible that they put these seven people in an escape room and six died. I was on board for that, actually. It's the horse racing I have an issue with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, horse racing is fucking gross. Juggalos versus Gigolos is appointment television. Yes, that is something I will tune in every week to find out what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually did go to a horse race once when I was living in San Diego, and I had a lot of fun. And then I found out like two weeks after that, like that they had to put down horses. And I started looking into like how many horses die specifically at that racetrack every year. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a terrible thing I was enjoying. I hate everything about it. It's been like a huge local issue because horses keep dying at the track near us. Yeah. Where it's been, it's like 28 horses or something in the last like two or three years. That's pretty gross, man. I wish I had known that before I went. Yeah. Okay. Crisscross, like the band Crisscross versus CrossFit. (laughs) Yeah. Crossfitters versus the band Crisscross. (laughs) The band Crisscross. Yes. PETA people versus hunters. They have to work together to get out of the room. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. I love everything about that. Like one of the challenges specifically is you have to eat a steak. Do you have blue cheese to go with this? Oh, my God. So good. Don't stop giving me meat till I turn over the card. Ah! R.I.P. Texas Day Brazil. I want to go so badly. And the other one, the other steakhouse was in the Nashville bombing. All of the Brazilian steakhouses are closed in Nashville. Yeah. You're right, Mikey. It's such a tragedy that that bombing robbed Nashville of its most important cultural landscape, Brazilian steakhouses. After the pandemic robbed me of my first Brazilian steakhouse, a bombing robbed me of the second one. Yeah, y'all can like send me cash or whatever, or send a sad song, whatever you guys want to do. It's a tragedy. Yeah, it is a tragedy. And if you want Mikey and me to go to the closest Texas Day Brazil style steakhouse, Venmo Todd Awesome some money and yeah. we will go. <laughs> Just Venmo them enough money to come to Los Angeles and we'll like take Todd to something scary and then we'll take Mikey to a Brazilian steakhouse. We'll just go to Fogo de Chao or something. In the arms of a steakhouse. Oh, man. Give me all the meats. <laughs> anyway, so the game master tries to garrote him. Uh, he ends up stabbing him with a piece of shrapnel in his leg. Yeah, he pulls the shrapnel out of his own leg to stab it in his leg. Quick way to bleed to death. Also, did you did you recognize the game master? No, who was it? It looked familiar. Yeah, okay. He is from The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American remake. He was her social worker who oh. did terrible, terrible things that she tattoos. Like, this guy is specifically in movies to get tortured because he's a bad person. Mm. I've seen him in two movies, and in two movies he's been a terrible person, and he's been tortured. And I'm like, yes, I like that. All right. So 
meanwhile, while they're fighting, there's a system override that reveals that Zoe and the Game Master are now in play. So she's alive. She shoots the Game Master, but he kind of runs off. She goes to help Ben. And as she's bending down to look at Ben, the Game Master tackles her. Yeah. And Ben smashes him with a bottle, grabs the gun, and shoots him dead. Yeah. So they survive. They get out, and they end up in the hospital. And while he's resting, the police are like, hey, do you feel well enough, Zoe, to come with us? She goes with them, and the building is empty. Like cleaned out. It looks like it was abandoned for years. Yes, for years. Yeah. It's crazy. Graffiti on the wall that says no way out, which we find out is an anagram for Dr. Wu-Tan Yu. Yeah. And they tell her that there's multiple different substances in Ben's blood, which I would say we know of at least two because of whatever he got from touching the thing and then injected. Yeah. And then whatever the third one was, we don't know. Yeah, the LSD, whatever we thought that was, the antidote, and then something right. else, right? So she screams, no one believes her. We cut to six months later, and it seems like Ben has kind of cleaned up his act. Did you guys recognize where they were? No. They were in Chicago. I could tell because it's like super architecturally significant, and you see the Michigan River right there. Isn't that the Michigan River? I, I did not realize they were in Chicago, but that does make sense. <laughs> It definitely was downtown Chicago. So he Ben seems to have kind of cleaned up his act. And Zoe has done homework and basically finds... And they're dating. It seems like they have a dating vibe. I, I got friends, Mikey. I got friends too. But I did notice that they weren't eating seafood because you just can't get seafood in Chicago. You can't get good shellfish. Yeah, like where <laughs> even would you find it? You'd have to go to a restaurant that opens peaches and puts vanilla cream in them and then fogs up the whole place and then steal their magic crab just to have like one crab. Was that movie also in Chicago? Simply Irresistible is in Chicago? You, you know what culture can really take a joke? The Scottish. Yeah, that's true. We've not gotten any mean messages about <laughs> Clan McMuffin. Only happiness. Yeah. They've, I mean, to be fair, they've been through a lot. They're yeah. thick skinned. That's why they don't have to wear anything under the kilts. <laughs> it's confident. If you're going to wear a, a kilt with no underwear all the time, you're confident. You're confident in who you are. You can take some jokes a podcast will make, not personally. Someone did say that Mikey hates everyone from Island Nations. <laughs> and I thought that that was very funny. I was like, that's actually pretty accurate. I was waiting for Scottish people to be upset. And then like a couple of them sent me like funny messages like, aren't you going to apologize to us, winky face? I was like, y'all. <laughs> You're my people. I honestly do love <laughs> Chicago. The architecture is great. And I hate seafood, so I don't care that they can't get seafood there. Me neither. I'm just here for the pizza casserole. Yeah, pizza and Garrett's popcorn. Let's do it. If people make fun of Nashville online, I'm like, yeah, fuck Nashville. Yeah, like I it's funny. Like it I'm too. not mad about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. I don't get people who are like bent out of shape because like someone thought something was silly about where they live. Like whatever. Like roll with it. It's fun. You will never hurt me by insulting Los Angeles. <laughs> right. No, because yeah. Los Angeles is a sweaty pit hole of disaster. Yes. Absolutely. If I'm ever at a live show and that comes up though, I'm gonna be I'm gonna rip into some fucking people. <laughs> Like Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, Nashville is Nashville, New York is New York. Where you live is where you live. Let me pick on them. Jesus Christ. You can't pick on where he lives. You mean heaven? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care about who the fuck wrote your buildings or whatever the fucking architect wrote, wrote your, your buildings. <laughs> Honestly, though, my page, he's not incorrect. They did write the buildings. They are the architect. They wrote the buildings. 
My only frame of reference for architecture and architects is Keanu Reeves in the lake house, and I will not be told differently. All that dude did was draw. Oh, my God. Anyway, Zoe's done her homework, and they have essentially faked everyone else's death, and she wants to go after them. So she's kind of tracked them to a building in uh, Manhattan, which is like an unmarked building. She found the coordinates. Through their logo. Yeah, based on their like MC Escher staircase logo thing. Yeah. That's the impossible shape, which if you're a secret society, why put that stuff out there? So you can have your own Dan Brown novel someday. Yeah, I guess that's (laughs) I'd do it. If I was mega rich and a sociopath, I'd have a fucking logo. Mikey, but mainly so you can do what you're about to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to make a moon base to conquer the earth from the moon, it's going to have a logo. (laughs) Anyway, so she wants to go after them. She bought them plane tickets. He's like, this is survivor's guilt. But yeah, I'll go with you. What up, girl? And then we cut. That's the part that made me think they were dating. Because if it was a friend, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'd be like, fuck no. I'm not going to put myself back in the fire. The reason that I think he goes is that I don't think life is safe for them until those people are dead. No, I think I I think I know the real reason, Mike. Yeah, I think that it's the puzzle box. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to play that puzzle box. I puzzle picture box. them as like Sarah Connor of like he will not stop. He will not stop till you're dead. That's what he does. That's all he does. Like but that's you know what, what else Sarah Connor did? Fucking yeah, she got down. Tr- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say I feel like she sees herself as Sarah Connor. And he sees her as Sarah Connor, but he sees himself as Kyle Reese. Yeah. I mean, I watched Aliens the other day and I was like, ooh, Kyle Reese killing those aliens. Yes. Anyway, we cut to <laughs> what appears to be an escape room on a crashing plane. Yeah. And they're trying to find like a piece of luggage with X on it. They're trying to use a tool to open the cockpit. There's like a code that they have to try and type in. And they can't get the plane to pull up fast enough. And this is where we essentially find out that this is the puzzle maker testing out this game. Yeah. With like a hundred employees, which is, yeah, that's right. where I was like, here's my problem with all conspiracy theories. L- let me lay this out for you. If I go to Taco Bell and order anything, the probability of me getting the correct order is like 20%. And they think that this many people can coordinate and work together and keep a secret. It's also my problem with Squid Games. But like that many people, somebody's going to slip up. Somebody's yeah. going to be bad at their job. Like somebody's going to be like, fuck, I hate this shit. I can't wait till I can yeah. quit and use my PTO. Like they're not accounting for humans being humans. Where's the glass door website for conspiracy theories? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like flat earth sucks, no good benefits. Like that's what I, I cannot fathom a government conspiracy that effective when they can't even ship out like stimulus checks on time. Like I can't I can't believe it. That's because you're not an idiot, Paige. Thank you. Aliens though. They're the ones making the escape rooms. We don't know because we haven't seen the sequel. But that makes you want to see the sequel, right? But to your point, though, Paige, there are not only the two stewards that we see on the plane. The plane is full of people, right? So, like, there's a thousand employees in that building setting up, like, I guess the next season of Escape Room. Yeah. And this team specifically is working on just the flight that they're going to take from Chicago to New York. Yeah, exactly. There's no big mountains between there, is there? No, there 
there's not. And I did think about that too. It would be like the Appalachians or something. I don't fucking know. But there's not a big ass mountain like that in the Appalachians. No, there's there? not. Those are the Rockies. I mean, any mountain is big enough if you're crashing. That's true. <laughs> but that mountain had snow on it. Yeah, it was the Rockies. I'm just going to, you know what? They flew into Mount St. I Helen. think it's, it's great that this is the point we're sticking on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Those mountains are not architecturally significant. <laughs> on a plane just full of shellfish. <laughs> That's why you can't get good seafood in Chicago anymore. <laughs> yeah, because the plane crashed. Uh, anyway, so it's implied that that's what the sequel is going to be. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Escape Room? I surprisingly liked it. I had no expectations for this. I'm excited to watch the sequel. I might watch the sequel before we do the movie. Nice. Uh, no, I'll wait for us to do it, I think. Uh, fine, I'll wait for us to do it. God dang it. <laughs> But I'll be excited to see what they do with the sequel. I think that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I think this is definitely one of those movies where it's like, man, if somebody had thrown just a little bit more money at it and done like one more once over on the script, it would have been fucking amazing. But as is, it's pretty good. I liked it. Cool concept. I thought it was going to be a real dumb concept. Not scary, though. No, not scary. Yeah, I didn't think it was super scary. It was tense in some moments, mainly like that bar scene that where they were upside down. But right. largely just because I'm afraid of heights. Like that was the scariest part of the movie for me. This movie is very ironic because the part I thought would be the dumbest is the concept. And the part I liked the most was the concept that they're in yeah. escape rooms. Absolutely. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was cool. It's it, it's very, almost feels like a thriller to me. Sort of like, yeah, I yeah. mean, we sort of referenced it earlier, but like Dan Brown movies, like the movies they made with like the... Um, um, what's his name? R Professor Langdon, Robert Langdon, those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it sort of feels like that, but like a horror version of that. I think we mean the best parts of The Last Crusade just over and over again. You mean like, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade? Yeah. yeah. You mean The Penitent yeah. Man Shall Pass? Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what is that? All those challenges, if not a very elaborate escape, escape room. Yeah, exactly. So I like the premise, too. I thought the premise is sort of not unique because it feels sort of like Saw, but um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty interesting. I didn't like the movie because it was still sort of tense. Like, I wouldn't go back and watch this again, but... Right. It wasn't super scary. Like, it wasn't hard for me to sit through, which I appreciated. Normally, yeah. these movies are super scary, although we haven't been super scared recently. Well, we had last month. Scared the shit out of Todd September. Yeah, that was last month. Oh, I was thinking about The Wicker Man uh, as the most recent one. But yeah, no, you're right. And I also had a vacation in between those. <laughs> so it feels yeah. like it's been a lot longer than I guess it has. But yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this movie was not super scary. But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? Very, very few. There's not a ton. Well, hit us with those fun facts. Escape room, fun facts. Uh, so this movie was actually pushed back on the release date because five Polish teenagers were killed by a fire in a real life <gasps> escape room no. tragedy. Something malfunctioned and they died. Oh, shit. Um, so they actually held this movie out of respect for those girls. I think it was something in the room malfunctioned and they were trapped inside. That's terrifying. That is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the license on Amanda Harper's driver's license or the address on her driver's license is... 5063 Camp Butler Road, Springfield, Illinois, and it's actually an address to the Camp Butler National Cemetery. Oh, well, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, this is the fourth film in two years about escape rooms uh, after two different movies called Escape Room that came out in 2017 and one called No Escape Room in 2018. But this is the biggest one, right? I picked the right one? This is the one? biggest one. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about that alternate ending. Yes, please. 
So the alternate ending was filmed where Zoe receives an additional clue hidden in a Sudoku magazine, and it leads her to her professor's classroom. Once there, she discovers a check from the company for $10,000 hidden in a compartment where her classroom seat is. What? She destroys it, but underneath it is her dead mother's compass and a camera and microphone device that rises from her professor's podium and a distorted voice speaks to her as the classroom door shuts, telling her a new game has started and she has 90 minutes. Oh, Ooh. shit. Now, here's what I kind of liked about that. I thought the implication that their family members or friends had truly turned them in for $10,000 was really compelling. Yeah. Because they kind of gloss over it in the movie where they're like, oh, they hacked our phones. And I'm like, but how much crazier is it that someone was willing to give you up for 10K and willing to give all this information for you? I wish I could tell you I wouldn't give people up for 10K. Oh, there are certain people that I'm like, yeah, 10K. Yeah, I wouldn't give you two up. I don't believe you. Uh, what, okay, how much would we cost, though? I just want to know where I'm at. Like, are you going to die for reals? I, I can't tell you. I might escape. Do you think I'm clever enough to escape? Yes, that's what it is. Well, like, do you know that those people are going to almost die? Yes. Probably. I probably wouldn't give you two up. I know you too well. Mm, $5 million. So. Bye, Todd. <laughs> I would definitely die in these escape rooms. I'm super dumb in these things. He's like, I hate that people care. It's like a sports themed escape room. It's just an arena. And to escape, you just have to cheer and be nice. And experience joy. And also have normal feet. You were dead from the start. I I can't. I'm I'm done. I'm done. For your next escape room, it's a pedicure nail place. (laughs) That would be great. Honestly, if the escape room was like, I don't know, walking from the Shire to Mordor, I'd win. But any other situation, <laughs> I'd be screwed. I was going to do the same thing. Okay, what's what's the escape room challenge that would foil all of us? I think for Mikey, it's being attracted to women with their mouth closed. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I was thinking about like what trauma would be my escape room and like, mm. it's just a chapel, you know, like getting married. Mine is just trying to identify men by their faces while they're fully <laughs> clothed. I think hers is magicians. No. <laughs> Close up magic. I've been to the Magic Castle. Anyway, we have a place here called House of Cards. It's great. It's like a restaurant that, that does place. magic. I love it. It's so great. We should go, Mikey. I will totally go if you want. Mikey and I to go to House of Cards. Venmo Todd, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'll we'll videotape uh, it. I'll create some content while Mikey and I are just being wild by stupid close up magic and stakes. Oh, they probably won't let you film in there. They probably will do a hidden camera. I guarantee they won't, but I will. And we will get kicked out and banned for life. Great. Okay. Oh. So moving on for fun facts. Yes. Sorry. Each of Shit, the rooms is yeah. designed after a specific character's traumatic incident. So the first room, the oven room is for Amanda because right. she survived the burns. The freezing room was for Jason because he survived those conditions for several days after the boat crashed. The upside down room was for Zoe because of the plane crash. The poison was for Danny surviving carbon monoxide poisoning. The acid room mimics Ben surviving a car crash while he was under the influence. So he survives his own room. Oh, He's cool. one of the few that actually does. Uh, and the compression room mimics Mike nearly being crushed to death in a mine shaft. Yeah. So oh, there you go. Yeah. In the final room, the crushing room, there are Latin phrases across all of the banisters and they read as thus, mors mihi lucrum, from death comes profit, mors vincit omnia, death conquers all, 
and acta est fabula the play is finished okay the name of the escape company obviously is minos and that's named after minos from greek mythology the first king of crete son of zeus and europa who had a labyrinth built to put the minotaur in and every nine years he would send seven boys and seven girls into the labyrinth to act as the monster's food. I actually heard it was seven gigolos and seven juggalos. <laughs> seven <yeah>. juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> gigolos and juggalos has got to be our best one. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I, so I definitely think that's, that's the one I'm already working up a pitch for Netflix for. <laughs> it's just gigolos versus juggalos in an escape room. I mean, you have 14 episodes right there. If you have seven gigolos and seven juggalos, yeah. I don't see how this is not a huge success. I mean, your Fago budget's going to be pretty inflated, but other than that, hi, Marks. I'm here yeah. for it. Abs versus flabs. <laughs> so those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those awesome fun facts. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for Escape Room was? And it came out in 2019. I think that's kind of expensive because it looked kind of pricey. But I think they spent a lot on effects and sets and not as much on acting, which I think was a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this cost at least 20. Okay. I'm going to say 13 million. All right. The budget, you're both a little bit over. The budget was $9 million. This looks great for this $9 million. This looks great for $9 million. I completely agree. Holy but Paige, shit. I think you're right about them skimping on acting. Like, I think they got a yeah. few good actors, but everyone else is like people you've never seen before, really, right? And right. they're not awesome. Right. Some of them are great. Some of them are not awesome. Anyway, um, so $9 million. This movie came out on January 4th, 2019, and it was number two in the theater. It was beat by Aquaman that had been out for three weeks, but was still number one. It was obviously number two. Escape Room was number two. Mary Poppins Returns, which I hear is a horror movie, is number three. (laughs) Bumblebee was number four. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was number five. What do you think Escape Room brought in in its opening weekend? I mean, you said this made a lot of money. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm still going to say 20 million. I'm going to say 20 million opening. What do you think, Paige? I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say 15. You guys are actually sort of splitting it. I think Mikey's technically closer. It's $18.2 million. Aquaman was at $31 million in its third week uh, out. So it crushed that weekend. But I mean... $18 $18 million in your opening weekend on a $9 million budget. That's pretty great. I have to tell this one story. I saw Aquaman opening weekend with my mom and my brothers. And like hour in, my mom just stands up in the theater and she's like, why? She's like, this is stupid. Why would anyone like this? <laughs> I agree with your mom. It was but, so funny. But horror daddy Patrick Wilson is in it. But does he beam his wife in the head with a teapot? <laughs> Not enough. Then I don't want to watch it. <laughs> that sound is still the best. What is that, Insidious 2? That's Insidious 2. God, I feel so bad for Rose Byrne, but that was so amazing. All right, so this movie stayed in the theater for 16 weeks. Dang. What? Yeah, it was in the theater for 16 weeks. Now, I mean, obviously, it was in like 2,700 theaters when it launched, and then in its 16th week, it was in 27 theaters, but that's sort of like a normal run. Like, the yeah. longer you're out, the least theaters you're in, the less money you make, that whole thing. But what do you think it made total domestic gross? $67 million. Yeah, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to say 80 Okay. So, Mikey, you said $67 million. Paige, you said $80 million. Yep. It actually was right at $57 million domestically. Now, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty good on a $9 million budget. Check this out. 
internationally, it made $98.6 million. Whoa. For a total on a $9 million budget of $155 million. It then also made another 2.7 in the domestic DVD and Blu-ray market. So it made a lot of money on that initial $9 million investment. Cool. Let's just say yeah. Escape Room Tournament Tournament of Champions was always going to come out yeah. because you don't not make a sequel when your first movie does that well, right. and it did not do nearly as well. Oh, that makes me so sad. But it just came out. Did it come out during COVID? It did. Well, I mean, everything's come out during COVID. Uh, but yeah, and it's only been in the theater for six weeks, uh, and it's made its budget back. It's done pretty well, but it's. I mean, we're only six weeks in. Hmm. Oh, it just came out. Oh, that's why That's why it's on my mind. Okay. Yeah, it came out July 16th, and it was number three in the box office that week it came out. It was beat by Space Jam, A New Legacy, and Black Widow. <laughs> I feel like they should have pushed that to October, and they would have been fine. Yeah, probably. But that's your box office. So, Mike, you don't want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, scary scale listeners is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film today. It's not a scale of quality, just of how scary we were. One example is Ghostbusters. Ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. Uh, this is a hard one for me. Todd. I'm going to give it a three. Oh. It was pretty tense. I'm, I mean, there were no jump scares. It wasn't super, super scary, so it was watchable. But, I went, man, I was sweating during that the scene with the pool room. Or the pool cues. Yeah. I'm going to give it a one. That makes sense. All right. Coin toss. Yeah. So, this week, you guys made me watch Escape Room. And to decide who gets to pick next week, we are doing a coin toss. Did someone bring a coin? No. Nope. <laughs> You're supposed to do the coin. You're doing the coin toss. You're the neutral party. Yeah, you are the neutral party. I haven't seen cash in like five years. Um, There's got to be a coin toss app. I was literally going to the app store to like look for a coin toss app. Okay. I'm about to send you a link of my pick, and I took a lot of research to find, and you all are going to help hate it and really hope that I don't get it. So I chose... Something that I think everyone will potentially like that we have talked about doing for a while. So here is my pick, and it is streaming. All right. Ooh, my pick is Blood Diner, which I found streaming for free. Oh, fuck. All right, Todd, don't fuck this up. All right, I have a coin toss app. You guys see it? Yeah. Obviously, Tails is Blood Diner. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, so it's flipping right now. Wait, I want to see it. Okay. Ah! <laughs> I made this whole month to get to this moment. Well, it's your fault that we don't get to watch seven. (laughs) I mean, seven would easily fit into like many themes that we're going to do. We have passed over seven many times. And we are passing over it again for the 1980s (laughs) classic Blood Diner that you can only watch if you have this specific link that Mikey will send you. So reach out to Mikey and ask him for the link. To Blood Diner. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Not yet. Awesome. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and then Mikey will read it. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Ali Darrow. Awesome. What, what does Ali Darrow have to say? Love this podcast. Oh, I thank you. My enjoyment of horror movies is a relatively new discovery, and it's hard to decide what to watch next and what's good. But the hosts of this podcast make it so much fun. <laughs> well, I think so you. much more fun. I'm so sorry. Um, none of my friends want to watch horror flicks with me, but Paige, Mikey, and Todd, it's like I'm getting to watch and discuss with my friends. I even find myself butting in and agreeing out loud in responses to their conversation. 
<laughs> I so much enjoy their discussion and fun facts and look forward to watching a new movie with them each week. Have recommended and will continue to recommend them to everyone. Oh, I thank you. That is the best way for the show to grow because we don't have a marketing budget. So literally, thank you so much for telling your friends about the podcast. That's very, very helpful. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star text review. So guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd awesome. Well, we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun facts. Oh, yeah? He doesn't want to watch Blood Diner either. Well, that makes everybody. Except for Mikey. I love how we're just shitting on Mikey's pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, well, Nick B, hopefully you'll suffer through it with the rest of us. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to play another freaky spider video. (gasps) Freaky spider video. Here it is. It is Guinness Book World Records of most spiders on the body. Oh, no. And this kid is wild. Yeah, this kid is like eight years old. Those are the kinds of spiders I extra hate, too. Oh, no. This is what I call bad parenting. Oh, my goodness. How do you not lose your mind? I I would be losing my mind. I I could not ever do this. Oh, I hate it so much. Look at his mom just staring at him like, yes, make me rich, son. What is wrong with this kid? He has bad parents, Mikey. 125 golden orb spiders placed on his body. I mean, now, to be fair, golden golden orb weavers are not poisonous and they're not super aggressive, so they're not going to bite him, but... Oh! Oh my God! That's a bunch of tarantulas. That would be my escape room trauma. Would be a spider room. Oh, I hate oh. everything about this video. Well, Jonathan, thank oh. you so much for sending the video for us to torture Mikey and Paige with. Ooh. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you: Possums believe they are the official mascot of the Horror Virgin Podcast. And they don't want to watch Blood Diner either. Man. <laughs> it was Chance. Chance did this, okay? You could have picked anything. This episode also brought to you by Tia. And Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week, Paige? She's, She's watching, watching Blood, Blood Diner, Diner on repeat. Yeah. yeah. It's going to wow. be terrible. 
This episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business, and Brandon's Bug Business wants to send you some bugs through the mail, which I guess is something that you're allowed to do. So if you want some bugs, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook, specifically Brandon at Bug Cage Company, and he will ship you some bugs. They ship anthorax, not anthrax. I love everything about that joke. I can't be mad at you anymore. I will watch <laughs> more diner and be I happy can't be about mad. it. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast Kissing Jessica Jones Where each week they break down an episode of Jessica Jones And Agent Carter So check it out on all your favorite podcast apps I think that's all of them We now return you to another episode of uh, The Blood the Diner Patreon. Torture So most evil Matthew Yes. <laughs> Made us watch Blood Diamond? Oh, or yeah. Blood Diner? Blood Diamond. Not, blood, not blood, Diamond. blood Diamond. Blood Diamond's pretty good. I would good. rather watch a movie where it's revealed that a big diamond is up someone's ass most of the time than watch I this. I want you to do a Facebook group poll before this episode comes out about Mikey's picked this movie, Pages picked seven. Which one do you guys want them to win the coin toss? It, they're just going to be disappointed, but I do want to be validated. So, yes, we should do this poll. Yes. Yo, I think we should, yeah. All right, Most Evil Matthew, look, it's been like three weeks since we recorded, so whatever happened last time. It's not canon. (laughs) (laughs) It's not canon. Just like Last Jedi. Yeah. I know that Dave has teamed up with Most Evil Matthew. The moon blew up. That's what it was. The moon, the moon has blown up. Oh my God, I remember. Yeah. So now it is canon because I remembered. <laughs> because it was a cannon that blew up the month. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so right. No, I don't think that's what it was, but okay. This episode is a flashback. <laughs> okay. Most evil Matthew's planning the destruction of the moon, the month. And so he, it flashes back to he had a big nipple sex orgy when they were wearing evil collars with Aaron <laughs> and Danielle, the moon queen. Right. But then, um, after the orgy is when Aaron removes her collar because she's so mad that he defiled the moon queen's moon nipples, my nipples, and they're actually on their backs. So um, wait, the moon nipples wait, were so, on their wait, backs. So when they were having nipple sex, they were just like shouldering each other. What's going on, Paige? It sounds like something you'd be into. I mean, I'm I'm already distracting myself because I'm still mad about Blood Diner. So, <laughs> and the poll you demanded I put out, it's losing badly already. I'm so excited about that. You need a good heel. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's a big orgy. Most of you, Matthew's there. Nipple sexing. Um. Kaylee's there. Dreskel's there. Like representing the Illuminati with Chippendale, and they're all like rubbing nuts and nipples, but like actual pecans. Rubbing uh, nuts and nipples with actual pecans. Okay. <laughs> so Aaron rips off her collar because it takes Danielle's collar off, and they they're like, "This is you're the worst. You're the most evil. You're a dick or whatever." And then like hits him in the nuts. The pecans, and then runs away. <laughs> and then I he... mean, why would that matter? He's just like punching a bag of pecans. <laughs> so, in revenge, Most Evil Matthew builds a giant cannon. Is the cannon cannon though, Mikey? The cannon is cannon. Oh damn! And okay, he f- fires the real big laser cannon with nuclear weapons in it. It's just a laser sight. It's not then the nuclear weapons of the bullets. It's just a really big gun. It doesn't matter. He blows up the moon. And uh, at the same time, <clears throat> Isaac is eating Dave again, which is driving Dave more and more angry, which is why he turns into a villain later on. But this is a flashback before that is leading up to it. Remember, 
Okay. Cool. Do cool. you remember? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally remembering and paying attention to all of this. Great, great, great. <laughs> I don't care about your corsets or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so Kate is actually just taking a nap this episode. Uh, the whole uh, episode. She's just sleeping one off. She had a rough night. She's just sleeping one off. Karun and Domasaurus are having intergalactic dinosaur tail to nipple sex. It's with the three she shells. <laughs> is it just like him flicking the back nipples with his tail? Look, a gentleman never asks and a lady never tells. A dinosaur never tells. <laughs> He's all rawr. <laughs> and Amy is uh Amy and Wes, the ghost, he's still a ghost right now, and Scott are all around the cannon, and they're all talking about, like, this is going to turn out really great, and it's definitely not going to embed Scott's face onto Wes's shoulder. But then that's what happens. That's when the moon blows up. So next week, <laughs> we'll talk about then the moon blows up, and then we'll talk about what happens afterwards at the end. If, if you manage to remember that the moon blew up. I feel like we've mentioned it a bunch this episode, so you have to remember at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess tune in next week to see if the moon blows up on another episode of... Uh, the, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals. I just read the poll and it's like not even. That's so dumb. I currently have four votes and you have 17. Yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. But Jake said Blood Diner is delightful. No, husband. <laughs> that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye.